0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Mainstream Boys. Yeah, with a Z. Get your popcorn ready, crack open an ice-cold cherry Coke, and sit back and relax as Jonathan and Spencer break down the new release films of the week. This week, we watch Adam Driver and Matt Damon fight to the death in Ridley Scott's The Last Duel. Uh, I'm trying to think when it was. Um, what was I there for? Oh, he helped me with my expenses, which I've gotten better, Spencer. I haven't gone to Dunkin' Donuts as much.
1: Oh, that's yeah. good. You've been making your own I'm breakfasts?
0: been making my own breakfast because I've been doing the keto, so it's not really uh, keto-friendly keto to go out. Yeah, you know. Just yeah, doing a little, little eggs and, and some like
1: sausage and bacon or something. A little cream cheese or and olive oil milkshake.
0: A... Ew, what? I don't know. I just cream... Isn't that what keto Did people eat? Ate? Did you that sounds terrible, no, that's not what keto people- get and i don't I also don't want to be classified as a keto people, oh, okay. I am not a keto person. I am just forcing myself to do it because I'm a fat piece of shit, so I think it it makes more sense for me to do a diet where I don't have to count calories and I can still eat relatively taste, tasty food. Unfortunately, I can't have my stacys pita chips and hummus though. I was about
1: to ask yeah i mean how you, what what's your substitute for uh the pita chips Dude, and hummus?
0: there isn't one like there i really like hummus is loaded go to the 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 fridge it's actually not as much as you would think but to be fair like i'm eating the whole container in a a sitting so yes it is (laughs) for (laughs) for me it's 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 an obscene amount of hummus that i'm eating so it's really not safe for uh dietary purposes but no i'm just eating salami out of the fridge and not even close to the same you know what i mean it's really not are you
1: gonna try the magic spoon not a sponsor?
0: Yeah, the thirty dollar bottle or a box of cereal, maybe
1: forty dollar. Come on now.
0: <laughs> this is Gal Gadot's cereal, right? No, that's
1: like the that's like the mac and cheese thing. No, this is oh, I don't know. This oh, okay. Magic Spoon is on like so many other podcasts that I have like sponsorships with. But, sponsor us, uh, sponsor us. Yeah, it's like keto cereal. It has like 15, 16 grams of protein, like a bowl. Five grams of carbs I mean, or dang. four grams of carbs, but you can no. eat cereal and not feel any any guilt. And actually, might you know make some gains?
0: Do we have to get all the milk from Hillary Swank's breasts? That was a Family Guy reference. I'm not weird, okay? That's that. I'm, I wish you would react to differently to that because now I just seem like a, a a really strange person, which I am. But this is a podcast. We do this podcast every week where we talk about those new release films of the week. Grab that big bucket of KFC chicken, maybe some Sobey Life Water for feeling healthy, and. You know, maybe switch it up and go for some circus peanuts. <laughs> I Who hate are this, you? Spencer. Who are you? Spencer. You
1: <laughs> get those things at the fucking movie theater. Can you I imagine? I mean, KFC Chicken, that is not going to be at the movie theater. But the fact is, we used to have Sobey Lifewater as one of the fountain drinks at the movie no, theater. Yeah, we did. We did. And we didn't have circus peanuts. But, like, could you imagine? I mean, like. Oh, I God. would
0: judge that person so hard. First of all, like, the guy walks in with his bucket of KFC and you're just like, dude, you can't. No, Just yeah, take, no outside. I don't care. I already feel bad that, for like, you. That
1: stinks at the theater too. It, it's gross. It does, yeah.
0: That has a heavy odor. Um, well, I I would try to advertise advertise them as if they were like front and center even before popcorn. Just what I we whistle? have circus peanuts.
1: I forget what they're called. Oh man. Okay. They're like the chocolate bars that are in triangles. It starts with the They're from like Oh, Sweden oh, or the, like Switzerland. The, oh, they're from Switzerland. Fuck.
0: Fuck. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they're Toblerones. Aren't they Toblerones? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are fucking good. Yes. But you only get them like once a year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Those are delicious.
0: Those are very good. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. Well, yeah, that's the show. Uh, We do none of those things, but we sit down and watch these movies, and we talk about them. Everything else is a lie. This week, we did talk about The Last Duel, but it being kind of Oscar season, we're in December now. Holy shit. Wow. There's actually still quite a few movies coming out that I'm excited for. I've seen kind of teasers for... Um, what's one that you're kind of like, oh man, oh man, that could be the one.
1: Before making like a top 10 of 2021, I think I have to see Licorice (sighs) Pizza. That is the one directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. It's a coming of age movie. I've been hearing comparisons to like Almost Famous and like it's also PTA's most like accessible film as well like it's very like upbeat and charming so i'm looking forward to checking that one out uh just because i'm a i like paul Paul thomas anderson a lot and uh if it comes to theaters i think on christmas day i'll probably hopefully be checking it out around that time
0: yeah i mean i'm excited for spider Man no way home because i'm sense. mainstream boy so <laughs> yeah i'm not i'm not out here gonna saying like oh that's gonna be my top movie of the year but i am excited to go Probably see that in the theaters. That might be one of the last films I see in theaters during 2021. So yeah, did you uh, get your Spider Man tickets yet? One.
1: Because they're sold out opening weekend up here at least. I just looked for curiosity, and they they are sold out the entire weekend. I was like, damn, damn. So it's gonna you know might be like one of the biggest you know money makers of 2021
0: since the pandemic. It might be number yeah. one. It very well could be number one. I think at it's this going point to it has to be Christmas yeah. time, and you know, it's so much hype. perfect timing. All right. Well, anyways, enough of the nonsense. Let's talk about The Last Duel from 2021. What's the director's name? Ridley Scott. A most unspeakable charge has been brought against you.
1: Jacques Legree entered our home. He attacked me. The accusation is false. Ah!
0: The truth does not matter.
1: There is only the power of men.
0: This should be settled quietly.
1: I'm innocent!
0: I request uh, This movie's rated R. Two hours and 32 minutes. Has a 7.5 on IMDb. An 85% critical rating on Rotten Tomatoes. 81 audience. So we're actually in agreement this time around. That's fun. But if you don't know, King Charles the VI declares that... Knight Matt Damon. Wait, this is... You wrote this. <laughs> I, now I can't take this seriously. Um, declares that Matt Damon, the knight, settled his dip- dispute with Kylo Ren himself, Adam Driver, by challenging him to a duel. To be fair, you see these big name actors. You see their faces trying like in this get up in the in the 1300s medieval times. It's laughable and I actually thought this movie was a joke when I first saw like a trailer for it. I was like, wait, no no, this isn't real, right? Really? Is this an SNL skit? Like out of context, it's like what? What are they doing in this? But it's not. It's actually a very serious film directed by Ridley Scott that's fucking really cool. I didn't like I knew that going in it wasn't gonna be like silly or anything. Like I knew it was actually gonna be good, but my first initial thought when I heard about this film was like, This is a joke. Well, yeah, and, I mean, <laughs> so. yeah, Matt Damon
1: and Ben Affleck, I mean, Boston's most famous actors. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> playing, like, these French Jimmy Kimmel in this? Or something, like, <laughs> and, yeah, even uh, Ridley Scott was being interviewed. He's you, you definitely haven't been following this, but it's been a blast to watch, but Ridley Scott is okay. just having a fucking field day with press on this movie, uh, just giving no fucks whatsoever. Just, like, he literally told a reporter to go fuck himself at one point. <laughs>
0: Why uh, what the are reporter thinking?
1: was like he's like oh so the last duel like it, it it definitely is like more realistic than like your other work like Robin Hood and uh like Kingdom Obviously. of Hearts or Kingdom of Heaven and he's like sir 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 go fuck yourself fuck you very much fuck you <laughs> like- so it's uh, a very realistic film it looks more realistic than kingdom of heaven or robin hood if we're talking about your uh, Sir, fuck Paul you fuck robin. you
0: thank you very much <laughs> fuck you go fuck yourself so on, Sir, go on. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah
1: jody comers next time just kind of like uh shit. also i mean this movie made like no money in the box office it was like a hundred million dollar mm-hmm. bu- uh, budgeted film it came out with like a it had a terrible marketing campaign as well and then In a way, I mean, it's a Disney-owned film technically because they own 20th Century Fox. Since they've acquired them, like they've kind of just been dumping their films with like very like limited marketing and just like there hasn't been a push. And it's shown because yeah, this movie made like five million dollars opening weekend, and uh, yeah, on a hundred million dollar budget, that's that's a huge flop. So those are the headlines with this movie. And so really, Scott is just also like just defending it and just being like, oh, it's the fucking millennial generation, like. Like, not looking up from their cell phones and not wanting to go see a movie like this. No, and I don't think it's There's that. truth it's to it. I mean, it, there is truth. Because, again, yeah, we didn't go see this in theaters. And I, now watching it, I kind of wish I did. But, um, yeah. It's, a, it's also
0: just, like, it's, it's not a watch. known property. And it's it's a new property following something that, as a concept, is, like, very well known with the knights and the medieval times and, and all this these fantasy elements. But if it's not, like, Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit... Then I would say most of the time, if it doesn't have good marketing, people aren't gonna rush out to see it.
1: Yeah, we don't really um, get like yeah, knights in armor type movies anymore, especially with the budget this the size. I mean, it's definitely not really, as a new of the Rings. I mean, either. Game of Thrones, but that was a whole that was a TV show. But um, yeah, it's definitely not as common in the in the box office run of seeing these types of movies pop up and then doing really well.
0: Yeah, and just because Matt Damon's in it doesn't mean I'm going to. Hop in my car and drive twenty minutes to the theater. Grab, grab a big bucket of popcorn and, and circus peanuts.
1: Yeah, because to us, he's in every movie we see, anyways. So,
0: right. Yeah, yeah he is. He is the top listed actor in the credits, no matter what. The I best. Care, it, it's it's worked
1: out in our favor so many times. I mean, with Interstellar, <laughs> and then with uh, I know there was another one that we saw. Oh, uh, Unsane, Any Steven Soderbergh movie, he just randomly pops up in the oh, movie shit. as well. Remember Unsane, It was shot with an iPhone. It was Claire Foy in a mental hospital. I do. Uh, and then yep. Matt Damon pops up for like five minutes in the middle of the movie, and <laughs> it's just like okay, yeah,
0: he has a way of doing that. It's, I don't know, Matt Damon's like hilarious. a fucking pariah somehow. Yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, I guess yeah. Obviously, like we've said, Matt Damon, a lot of big name actors in this movie. Ben Affleck, Adam Driver is in this movie. Those are the three main people, but it kind of centers around uh Jody Com- Jody Comer. You wrote her name. It's not Cormer. It's Jodie Comer Spencer. Comer, unbelievable. But uh, she was in Free Guy, which we talked about uh, several weeks ago. But I was really excited to see her in something else, and she is, I would say, almost very much the lead in this film. And wow, if I if I'm going to give any Oscar to anybody in this movie, it would it would have to be uh, Jodie Comer. Okay, so in terms for context, if you haven't seen the movie, it's told from three different perspectives. So the main characters Matt Damon, Adam Driver, and Jodie Comer. It's told from each of their different perspectives. I don't remember Rashomon being told that way, but I really, really loved how the filmmakers did choose to tell this story. The subtle differences in the different character moments that took place, the different turning points in the film and the story. I thought that was really cool because over two and a half hours of a film, you really are seeing the different ways that each character sees the situation and how that affects the overall film. And that was really fucking cool. I actually had to rewind it a few times because there were like, Especially the biggest moment that stood out to me was like the kiss with Adam Driver and uh, Jodie Comer's character. Because that kiss was slightly different each time and how each character perceived it. And that was really cool. I mean, just unexpected. I did not know the film was going to basically be told in that structure. So that was pretty much the most intriguing part of the film was to see how different it was each time and each different act. So that was cool.
1: The story structure is by far like, yeah, my favorite element. About this movie, just the way you see each perspective unfold, and like yeah, you start with Matt Damon's character, and you see his side of things, then you go to Adam Driver's character, and then it goes to Jodie Comer's character, and then I love the, um, because it, yeah, it goes like what it, I don't I don't remember if it says like part one or act one or something. I think it's part one. And then chapter it says, one, like, chapter two, yeah, chapter, chapter three, one, I, and it's like I, maybe, uh, the character, yeah. uh, the character's name. What what was his name? Jean Carouge or so, something. Uh, yeah, was like Matt Damon is.
0: Right, Jean Jean de, Car- and it's it technically it's in France, um, but it's very American actors playing French people speaking English, so that did throw me off a little bit. And then when you find they're not even trying.
1: And then when you finally get to the third <laughs> chapter, and it was like Marguerite's story, and then it kind of fade mm-hmm. like those uh the text kind of fades out, but then the one word that stays is the truth. And I was like, oh, so this is literally what happened. So that was really uh, fun. I didn't fun. notice that. Okay, actually. yeah, because when you finally get to her story, it's like, okay, Ridley Scott's literally telling you right there with the text. He's like, "This is the truth. This is what happened." So that was okay. uh, That was really cool because now having seen like yeah the Matt Damon's perspective and Adam Driver's perspective, I loved how they. It's very subtle because it's very similar, obviously, with like what happens like with the story, but it's very subtle in how the characters behave and react in certain situations. Because in a way, everyone is a hero of their own story. Like Everyone, everyone sees thinks like they're in the right in some way. In a, in a sense as well. So it was very, very interesting in the way that they, they, they kind of switched up the, uh, the subtle differences between the two stories. Because, yeah, like Adam Driver, when you finally get to him, he's being spoiled by Ben Affleck's character. And he, he's getting unlimited women. Anyone that he wants, he gets. So in his mind, he's like, oh, like this woman is beautiful. I want her.
0: But I think Matt Damon's story arc is what I found the most fascinating because of how much of a saint he seems from his perspective he seems like the nicest guy he's like going out and giving marguerite dresses and stuff and he's he's doing all these nice things and like when he's doing this duel it's because he wants to stand up for his wife not the truth (laughs) when you finally get to her
1: perspective you see much how like how much of a brute he is and just i mean he's a horrible person he like tolerates her and like he is he's not like he's not really kind to her but like I don't know like he, he likes he's her. He's brutal. <laughs> but like he doesn't no. I don't know it definitely it was an arranged marriage and uh and he definitely isn't the way he's like perceiving himself like when you see it like in the first act uh once you finally see her perspective everything kind of comes together and it's like oh wow like he was just this like standoffish he's doing it for himself. Asshole. Like it's all for himself <laughs> yeah, 100%. Him. Yeah.
0: from the claims to the in land and stuff and it all that stuff it's all about him getting what he feels like he deserves. And to be fair, he did get a lot, a lot of shit ripped away from him because Adam driver's character is a little bitch. (laughs) Like Adam driver, his character could
1: have uh, handled some, some things very differently because at the beginning, when you don't really get anyone's perspective yet, I think they just set up like they're on a battlefield uh, and they charge and then they go back. And then you kind of see like the friendship between Adam driver and Matt Damon, like they Mm -hmm. saved each other. Like, I love that, that first difference. Was it like you see Matt Damon save Adam Driver, and then really when you see Adam Driver's perspective, he saved Matt Damon because Matt Damon was about to get stabbed and he was like in the puddle, and then Adam right. Driver came out with the sword, hit the guy, and then uh, saved him. So like that was kind of cool. It's like okay, so his perspective he saved Matt Damon, but Matt Damon's perspective he saved Adam Driver, and really. Oh wait
0: oh okay that was the
1: very beginning when they charged didn't the i
0: i remember but i didn't pick up on how each character perceived that because i was like it's so subtle the second time around yeah it's like yeah blink right. you
1: miss, uh, yeah you blink and you'll miss it and uh with a two and a half hour oh, runtime okay. too it's like it, it it does some some cool you know tricks with the story and i i definitely was looking for them as well and it, it was it was fascinating but ridley scott for 85 years old and i think he was what 83 when he made it or something <laughs> Mm-hmm. he's still making movies with so much energy and just like Apparently tension so. and still getting like great performances out of his cast. And like not once, I mean, okay, I wouldn't say that, but I really believe that it was the 1300s aside from seeing two actors out of Boston from Good Will Hunting. I never believed them in the <laughs> situations at times, but uh, for like, I was fascinated by the 1300s politics in this film, just like, yes, uh, that the was the way that,
0: that the, uh, people. People. The way the clerics worked, I thought, was something really crazy. The clerics meeting the doctors um, or the quote-unquote quote, quote unquote, scientists of the time where they were basically talking to Marguerite saying like, oh, you can't be pregnant unless you receive physical pleasure. Yeah, so if you got pregnant way. from a rape, yeah, it's God's will. If you got pregnant, this is what the biggest thing that stuck with me is like, if you get pregnant from a rape, then you must have liked it and it must not have been a rape, which is like, Oh no, it couldn't possibly be Adam Driver's baby because there's no way you get pregnant unless you you know what I mean? It's like the that the fucking the nerve yeah. in a in an actual political trial with all the king's men and, and like everybody from the whatever table is there, that's the logic that they use. Well yeah, not to mention it's so the, fucked.
1: the logic of uh like if <laughs> so if Adam Driver's character wins, that just proves that he's innocent and so oh, sure, we yeah. then have to like brutally murder you and have you like be burned to death for like and he's even said this like, yeah it might take 25 30 minutes and like matt damon also right. didn't tell Jodie comer's character we're using just the fucking actors names because because their character names are ridiculous but i can't say french name I, I mean other yeah, than saying Marguerite, that's the best i could do we're uncultured swans <laughs> but uh i love that yeah like matt damon didn't tell jody comer that like oh yeah if i lose you're also gonna die <laughs> and she was like, fuck right, you, right, right. you fucking asshole. In the
0: worst way she possibly could, like yeah. really. I mean, yeah, it, it basically had like almost like Salem Witch Trial vibes to it, whereas like if this woman is wrong, no, she is dying in the worst possible way that she could die. Jodie Comer, man. Jodie Comer. Yeah. I Really good.
1: I think they were going to campaign her for lead, and that's kind of a crowded category at the moment, but I would love to see her sneak in and get a nomination um, I think supporting actress the lead, she might right? have like a better chance at getting a nomination, but it really is her story. So, I mean, I, it makes complete sense on why they are going to campaign her for lead. Um, just because like everyone in a way is the lead in the film, just because of uh, how the story. is. It's one of told. those weird ones. Yeah, besides yeah, it's one of those weird Besides ones. Ben Affleck, who also, I mean. He was just having a ball in this role. Like, he was having so much fun, it seemed. And it was...
0: He got to be the biggest asshole ever. Yeah, like, he's literally... literally making his fucking perfect. childhood
1: <laughs> best friend, Matt Damon, kneel before him and, like, kiss his hand or something. Like, that must have been <laughs> oh, so is to, like, uh, to film that, for him, at least. Uh, closer. Yeah. Closer. Get closer. <laughs> yeah, Little exactly. Fucking
0: asshole. Oh my god. Get a new And his fucking off. hair, dude. Yeah. He reminds me of Joffrey to be honest with you, with with the short hair and he's just taking advantage of everybody. He's like the cousin of the really young king. So he already feels kinda like like he's lacking the power he deserves or something like that. And he's just being a total asshole about it. Oh, of course. And I guess perfect for Ben Affleck. I don't know. I I would not have chosen him for this role, but he sure as hell plays it He was well. originally
1: going to play Adam Driver's role. But he had to take right. the other role because of scheduling conflicts with a different film. But it was initially going to be yeah Ben Affleck versus Matt Damon in this last dual film directed by Are Ridley Scott, funking. and that would have been just like holy shit! Like, and the, not to mention they wrote the script with um another uh, another person Nicole uh, Hollisner.
0: I can't. Hoffsner something like that.
1: But she was the director of yep. Enough Said. We actually saw that movie together in theaters in 2013. <laughs> Has James Gandolfini in it? Has uh, I
0: know I remember it. Uh, Julia or uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yep, yep. She's mm-hmm. in it as well. But she Seinfeld? also wrote
1: Can You Ever Forgive Me, which got an Oscar nomination. I don't know if you saw that one with Melissa McCarthy, but that was really good. Uh, came out. A oh couple yeah, years that's ago. a great movie. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so she movie. wrote that one, but she came in to write the female perspective. So she I think was in charge of basically mm-hmm. everything with okay. Jodie Comer and Matt Damon and Ben Affleck I think just did their parts, I believe. I think that's where I think that's what I read. But that makes complete sense because I mean, the movie is Jodie Comer's film. It's it's, it's her story. And I, once you get to her perspective and you see like the truth of everything, it was just really cool to finally see everything come together and then that last duel the fight, the last act, it was probably some of the most, like, intense <laughs> final acts I've seen in f- so long. I was on, like, legit, I was on the edge of my seat, almost standing up. I was like, what the fuck is going to happen? Because they go back and forth, of, like, who who has, like, the higher ground? Who has the advantage? And it was really yeah. well done. It's really Scott.
0: And I, I was actually thrown off, because the, the opening scene is, like, a joust. It's like a slow-motion joust that kind of introduces you to, like, I guess, the, the tone of the film a little bit. Like, oh, these guys hit each other. I didn't know that it was because you think a duel, you don't think that they start with jousting. I expected them to have like an actual gladiator fight, but it was kind of cool that they like started out with that and then like had to work their way to like full on hand to hand combat. It could be Which that, was actually that. could sick. just be
1: the how it's run. I'm not sure. I'm not a. Historian, yeah, I am not a I do not know. Maybe because this
0: because <laughs> yeah. this is this is based off of real events. Like people. This is based off the shit. last
1: documented duel to
0: exist. I mean, if trial by combat. So if you if you watch like Game of Thrones, there's multiple instances of trial by combat, and that's based off of you know real, real circumstances. So this this would be one of those things where it's like this needs to be settled somehow. Okay, we'll just fight to the death and we'll let God decide. So, Correct. and it was fucking it's it's insanity, but it's so cool. Like <laughs> it's so it's so awesome. I
1: wasn't really um, expecting this movie to be as violent and brutal as it was either. It was super mm-hmm. graphic at times and I mean especially in the end, but like just the beginning as well when you see uh, the first battle sequence limbs were being like chopped off like just so much blood splatter as well i was really not expecting that but for ridley scott like like i said just he's he's making movies with so much energy and passion it seems like still and he's he's yeah he's so old now <laughs> but he's cranking he's them cool out shit, and he also just did the house of I... gucci and that came out like two weeks ago so good for him
0: oh i haven't seen that yet but yeah i mean He's still great. I, I love a lot of the films Ridley Scott done. I mean like fucking dude like Gladiator and like all the alien movies and like. Dude, yeah I Marsh. guess what would be your overall thoughts on The Last Duel? Like I
1: said I'm not going to lie I never got past seeing Ben Affleck and Matt Damon pretend to be the, like from this era but it's Jodie yeah. Comer's movie all the way through and I think that she absolutely deserves a nomination I think she's just terrific and I would go as far and say like this is one of Ridley Scott's best films in the last like I don't know 10 years it might even be in like the top 10 films of his filmography I'd really have to go through to see what other films he's done because I'm kind of blanking but he's done some great movies uh in his career and uh he's still cranking them out and this this one I think is just excellent I love the story structure uh actually warrants multiple watches I think so I might even you know pick this up on uh physical media someday so I'm going to go four out of five for now. This movie was great. It was a pleasant surprise. I kind of wasn't really expecting much from it. And yeah, I was very, very engaged and on the edge of my seat. So this one, highly awesome. recommend.
0: Yeah, I think this is one of those films that, first of all, no one knows about. No one is going to hear about it unless people like us go out and be like, hey, have you heard of The Last Duel? They're like, what the fuck is that? I'm like, oh, well, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Hold on. What? It's in medieval times. What? <laughs> Because <laughs> it just sounds ridiculous, but I real—I swear to God, this movie really is worth watching. I mean, everybody somehow finds a way to mesh into these characters that they're given, and it just works. And just based on the storytelling structure, everything about it, like you said, it's something that does deserve multiple rewatches. Because just through the conversation, I've noticed that I didn't pick up on some very subtle instances in the film that depict how each character saw each situation. So... If you're into that, if you're into, honestly, a genuinely fascinating story and fantasy elements that are very Game of Thrones-esque, I think this is 100% worth watching. So I'm going to match your four out of five. I think it's just really fun, and I would love to own this one at some point. Yeah, I mean, this is the end of this week's episode. But, again, weekly show, and it is still very much Oscar awards season. Spencer, what do you think we should watch next week?
1: Continuing with the awards buzz. Uh, for the rest of the year, we have Power of the Dog, which we almost did this week. Uh, we have Belfast, which just got a VOD release. Uh, we have The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which came out a couple of months ago. But Jessica Chastain I, is a front runner for Best Actress, um, so yeah. that could be another one. But uh, yeah, so which oh, there's another one called Nine Days. It's one that I've wanted to see for so long, and. Um, It came out it did really well at Sundance and then just didn't get a release but it is VOD right now I saw so
0: yeah I mean dude it's nice to have options you know whether or not we uh you know we settle on the popular film or not I mean I'm glad that we finally have something that is worth talking about so not that I don't love talking about the Kissing Booth 3 but it uh you
1: you put in bold Belfast
0: I really want to see Belfast just because it very much fits like the genre of film that I like so I think that uh Belfast would be a, a good one to check out. And Nate seemed to have a lot of interest we in the Belfast. It, so. Okay, fine. But uh anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening to another another episode of Mainstream Boys. Spencer and I getting together on a weekly basis, eating circus peanuts and talking about new release films. But check us every check us out every single Tuesday, talking about the new release movies of the week at those movie dudes on Instagram and Facebook. And do we have a Twitter? We have a Twitter.
1: Yeah, we do have a Twitter, yeah.
0: You should follow that, and then if you follow it, it'll force Spencer to actually like talk on Twitter and tweet and do that, do that Twitter stuff. Thanks for listening to another episode of Mainstream Boys. New episodes release every Tuesday, and you can stay up to date with everything related to those movie dudes by following us on Instagram.